Chapter 18 The Gathering Time September 23, the Lord showed me that he had stretched out his hand the second time to recover the remnant of his people, and that efforts must be redoubled in this gathering time. In the scattering, Israel was smitten and torn, but now in the gathering time God will heal and bind up his people. In the scattering, efforts made to spread the truth had but little effect, accomplished but little or nothing. But in the gathering, when God has set his hand to gather his people, efforts to spread the truth will have their designed effect. All should be united and zealous in the work. I saw that it was wrong for any to refer to the scattering for examples to govern us now in the gathering. For if God should do no more for us now than he did then, Israel would never be gathered. I have seen that the 1843 chart was directed by the hand of the Lord, and that it should not be altered, that the figures were as he wanted them, that his hand was over and hid a mistake in some of the figures, so that none could see it until his hand was removed. A footnote states, this applies to the chart used during the 1843 movement and has special reference to the calculation of the prophetic periods as it appeared on that chart. The next sentence explains that there was an inaccuracy which in the providence of God was suffered to exist, but this does not preclude the publication of a chart subsequently which would correct the mistake after the 1843 movement was passed and the calculation as then made had served its purpose. Then I saw in relation to the daily, Daniel chapter 8, verse 12, that the word sacrifice was supplied by man's wisdom and does not belong to the text, and that the Lord gave the correct view of it to those who gave the judgment our cry. When union existed before 1844, nearly all were united on the correct view of the daily, but in the confusion since 1844, other views have been embraced, and darkness and confusion have followed. Time has not been a test since 1844, and it will never again be a test. The Lord has shown me that the message of the third angel must go and be proclaimed to the scattered children of the Lord, but it must not be hung on time. I saw that some were getting a false excitement arising from preaching time, but the third angel's message is stronger than time can be. I saw that this message can stand on its own foundation and needs not time to strengthen it, and that it will go in mighty power and do its work and will be cut short in righteousness. Then I was pointed to some who are in the great error of believing that it is their duty to go to old Jerusalem and think they have a work to do there before the Lord comes. Such a view is calculated to take the mind and interest from the present work of the Lord under the message of the third angel. For those who think that they are yet to go to Jerusalem will have their minds there, and their means will be withheld from the cause of present truth to get themselves and others there. I saw that such a mission would accomplish no real good, that it would take a long while to make a very few of the Jews believe even in the first advent of Christ, much more to believe in his second advent. 
I saw that Satan had greatly deceived some in this thing, and that souls all around them in this land could be helped by them, and led to keep the commandments of God, but they were leaving them to perish. I also saw that old Jerusalem never would be built up, and that Satan was doing his utmost to lead the minds of the children of the Lord into these things now, in the gathering time, to keep them from throwing their whole interest into the present work of the Lord, and to cause them to neglect the necessary preparation for the day of the Lord. Dear Reader, A sense of duty to my brethren and sisters, and a desire that the blood of souls might not be found on my garments, have governed me in writing this little work. I am aware of the unbelief that exists in the minds of the multitude relative to visions, also that many who profess to be looking for Christ and teach that we are in the last days call them all of Satan. I expect much opposition from such, and had I not felt that the Lord required it of me, I should not have made my views thus public, as they will probably call forth the hatred and derision of some. But I fear God more than man. When the Lord first gave me messages to deliver to His people, it was hard for me to declare them, and I often softened them down and made them as mild as possible for fear of grieving some. It was a great trial to declare the messages as the Lord gave them to me. I did not realize that I was so unfaithful and did not see the sin and danger of such a course until in vision I was taken into the presence of Jesus. He looked upon me with a frown and turned his face from me. It is not possible to describe the terror and agony I then felt. I fell upon my face before him, but had no power to utter a word. Oh, how I longed to be covered and hid from that dreadful frown! Then could I realize in some degree what the feeling of the lost will be when they cry, Mountains and rocks fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. Presently an angel bade me rise, and the sight that met my eyes can hardly be described. A company was presented before me whose hair and garments were torn, and whose countenances were the very picture of despair and horror. They came close to me, and took their garments and rubbed them on mine. I looked upon my garments and saw that they were stained with blood, and that blood was eating holes in them. Again I fell like one dead at the feet of my accompanying angel. I could not plead one excuse. My tongue refused all utterance, and I longed to be away from such a holy place. Again the angel stood me upon my feet and said, This is not your case now, but this scene has passed before you to let you know what your situation must be if you neglect to declare to others what the Lord has revealed to you. But if you are faithful to the end, you shall eat of the tree of life and shall drink of the river of the water of life. You will have to suffer much, but the grace of God is sufficient. I then felt willing to do all that the Lord might require me to do, that I might have His approbation and not feel his dreadful frown. I have frequently been falsely charged with teaching views peculiar to spiritualism, but before the editor of the Day Star ran into that delusion, 
The Lord gave me a view of the sad and desolating effects that would be produced upon the flock by him and others in teaching the spiritual views. I have often seen the lovely Jesus, that he is a person. I asked him if his father was a person and had a form like himself. Said Jesus, I am in the express image of my father's person. I have often seen that the spiritual view took away all the glory of heaven, and that in many minds the throne of David and the lovely person of Jesus have been burned up in the fire of spiritualism. I have seen that some who have been deceived and led into this error will be brought out into the light of truth, but it will be almost impossible for them to get entirely rid of the deceptive power of spiritualism. Such should make thorough work in confessing their errors and leaving them forever. I recommend to you, dear reader, the word of God as the rule of your faith and practice. By that word we are to be judged. God has in that word promised to give visions in the last days, not for a new rule of faith, but for the comfort of his people and to correct those who err from Bible truth. Thus God dealt with Peter when he was about to send him to preach to the Gentiles. Acts chapter 10 To those who may circulate this little work, I would say that it is designed for the sincere only, and not for those who would ridicule the things of the Spirit of God.